The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Have you checked out Pink Balls? The Skinny Confidential has balls, and these are balls that you want on your face. These balls are going to tighten, tone, and sculpt your face. They work in tandem with the ice roller. So what I like to do is I like to wake up. I like to use my ice roller. And then maybe like a couple minutes later, I'll do a little oil. We have like a depuffing oil, but I any oil works. You could do any oil. And then you're going to use your pink balls. And they're going to lift your cheekbones, your jawline. They chisel everything. So you've got the ice to help with inflammation and the pink balls to sculpt and chisel. I'm telling you, together, your face has never looked tighter. Everyone keeps texting me about these balls, all my friends, and they're like, I cannot believe the grip that they have on my face. These balls really grip, grip, grip the face. You can find them on the website, shopskinnyconfidential.com. We have a code PINKICEQUEEN. You get 15% off. We don't do codes a lot. We usually do them for just our podcast audience. On the site, you can also expect, like I said, the ice roller, depuffing oil. We have a razor to shave your face. It's the best razor in the game. I just shaved my face yesterday and it's absolutely glowing when I put my makeup on. We also have shaving cream and then we have this little sleeping bag that's so cute. It's pink. It's for traveling and it fits your ice roller and your pink balls. And it fits your ice roller, but it also fits pink balls. So you can travel with either or both. You get two sleeping bags. Shopskinnyconfidential.com. Use code PINKICEQUEEN for 15% off. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Aha! Alex is such a proponent for educating people about what dogs need and what you need to do as a dog owner. Just because it's hard, it doesn't mean that it's not unmanageable and that it's not wonderful because I feel dogs teach us a certain lesson in life, just like children teach us a huge lessons. I feel that they come into our lives and we grew. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. Today we have a feel-good episode that I think is putting some good back into the world. I'm relying on this audience to come through in a big way. We don't ask for much, but for this one we are. This is a podcast with two living angels that are taking care of animals, and they have a charity called I Stand With My Pack, and we thought it would be amazing to have them both on the show to hear their story, talk about how they help these dogs and animals, all kinds of animals, honestly. And it's just an amazing episode. I think that this platform is a powerful platform, and to be able to showcase conversations like this here and there is important because I think it can really do some good, especially because I know, again, guilting you guys into this, that this audience is going to come through in a big way. Out of this episode, you will understand the importance of rescuing. After this episode, I think moving forward for me and for Michael, we will just be rescuing animals. It's honestly changed my whole entire mindset when it comes to animals. And with Michael and I, we've wanted to be very purposeful with what charity we want to be involved in. And this is one that's very important to us. I Stand With My Pack is a nonprofit organization. They provide global assistance to save the lives of animals and prevent suffering and cruelty. On this episode, you will learn where you can adopt. You'll also learn where you can Venmo to support. $1 would be amazing from everyone. That would make such a big difference. This episode gives you a full picture about fostering, adopting, and rescuing animals. 
You will meet Alex, the president and founder of I Stand With My Pack, and Katie, who is the chief assistant. This nonprofit organization is very successful at the removal of dogs from LA City and County, as well as other parts of California. They also really work with high-risk kill shelters. Check out their Instagram at I Stand With My Pack. And on that note, let's welcome Alex and Katie to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast. This is the Skinny Confidential Him and Her I am so excited to have the two lovely ladies behind I Stand With My Pack on the podcast today. This is a charity that I am so passionate about. Both of you are so incredible what you do for animals, and we're going to get into it. My first question, though, I want to know how this even started, how it even came about. Was there an animal that you can pinpoint that was like the epiphany to start this organization? Well, actually, I've always had an idea of like having a rescue. And I always wanted to help. My idea was since I was little was to have animal rescue and help also children. And so the idea is to kind of merge that two together in the future. So since I was very little, I had this idea. And then I went through uh, 10 years of war. During that period, I've seen so much bad things happen to people and especially animals because there's nobody really to protect them. I just wanted to to do something to better this. How too. old were you when, when you saw war and where? It was in ex-Yugoslavia, in uh, Bosnia, Croatia, and Serbia. I've been in all three uh, three countries. It was a 10-year-old war since uh, 1991 until 2000. What kind of things did you see in war that inspired you with this? Did you see just animals just walking like on the street with nothing to eat? What what was it like? That was the case. The animals from zoo were outside on roaming on the streets. I mean, they were all abandoned animals after people left. They were just starving, scavenging. And I've seen some really horrific scenes that I would rather not even talk about. In all of that, I just came out of it wanting to do something better for the world. And I thought my, that idea of like helping children and helping animals, the innocent ones, was always there. And about, I would say, seven or to eight years ago, I just realized that was my call. And I was helping other people, a different organization, volunteering, doing whatever I could, giving donations and everything that I possibly could. But... Then I realized, okay, I want to do something on my own, the way I want to do it. And I just quit everything that I was working until that moment, basically, and started the organization and went full on in. What was your first animal that you helped, do you remember? It was a pit bull. It was a pit bull from Carson Animal Shelter. It was just a pit bull that nobody wanted to adopt. It was a gray pit bull, one of many that was abandoned, didn't have any inquiries, And I saw him and I said, you know, I'm going to get him. It's actually really hard because when you do go to the shelters, it's hard to pick one. But I guess he was the first one on the left. I remember when I came into that shelter and I saw him. There was something in his eyes. And later when I found out that nobody was inquiring about him and nobody was going to adopt him, I went on and rescued him first. Why? This is just like a tangent that I want to know. Why is it that pit bulls and chihuahuas are the most, this is what I've heard, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, are the most, the dogs that people, everyone drops at the shelter. Because they're overbred. Pit bulls and chihuahuas are actually the most uh, bred breeds. And there's so many of them. There's not enough of humans actually to even take care of them. 
So yeah, there are, there are so many dogs and especially these two breeds because people just overbred them and they're everywhere. So are you both frustrated with breeders? Yes. Like backyard breeding is definitely not helping the situation. And what we've really noticed in the past, like during pandemic, like for instance, there was such a high demand for adoption of the dogs. So breeding was also much more common. And they, you know, so they, they overbred these dogs and now at the shelters, you have three dogs in a kennel because there's so many dogs that are being bred and abandoned and there's no, not enough space. We don't have enough of facilities to actually take all the stray dogs from LA. Not only that, they are not, they're coming in sick. So they'll have, you know, they'll have kennel cough or distemper and, and, it, and then it's so contagious, it just spreads. And so then now you have all these sick dogs that are being caged and nobody's going to adopt a sick dog. And the shelters technically, well, typically, not technically, typically do not administer medical help. So they'll call Alex or I stand with my pack and say, hey, we need you to come pick up this dog at this time, which is usually like a very short window, sometimes as short as 30 minutes to get across Los Angeles to save this dog's life or we're euthanizing him. And then we get there and we'll, Alex will pick up she goes in for one and brings five, right? So she's got all the Parvo dogs. We're going to send them out. And Parvo is just, it's such a simple vaccine. And all they need is, it's basically they need fluids and care. They have to be monitored. And they don't even start IVs there. They don't want to waste an IV pack on these animals. So we get them and then we, we place them with a specialized nurse that actually does it for us privately instead of going to the vet. Because like the dog that I got, Oakley, I believe her bill was $7,000 to I stand with my pack. And she was a backyard breeding dog. Same thing, just didn't have the shot. And had Alex not saved her, it, it, it has to be done quickly. The fluids have to be administered quickly. She would have died. And, and so that's what's happening. So we'll get five Parvo dogs and maybe two survive. Sometimes all of them do, but it's very unlikely. That's the problem with the backyard breeding. Or Alex has gotten calls with ones that we can't post because there's actual investigations where there's so many, you know, there's there's dogs that are no longer alive in the backyard and they're still breeding more dogs. So for the ignorant at the table, me, can you clarify the difference between, you know, responsible breeding and backyard breeding just so that we can understand what's taking place here? I'm really against all breeding right now because we have such a large number of animals out there that don't have homes. However, breeders that love the breed and know the breed, they will be kind to their animal. They will give all the necessary medical help. They take those dogs if, when they get adopted. Uh, a, a good breeder will take back the dog if the dog cannot no longer have that family or no longer stay in that home. So a good breeder take care of, takes care of their dogs. Backyard breeder doesn't. They just, just a money think operation. about a money operation. Yes. And then not only do these puppies come in sick and just super abused, but their mothers that have been bred for many, many times at the age of five, when they stop breeding them, they just dump them too. Is backyard breeding legal? Or no. It's no. illegal. It's illegal, okay. yeah. But they're probably just not getting prosecuted or chased down. There's so much going on that people, that I feel that animal services don't have capacities. And I want to add to what uh, Katie earlier mentioned. It's not that they don't want to help dogs. The shelters, there are wonderful people that work at the shelters that want to help dogs. They just don't have means they're for over, that. They're, 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 they're just overrun. 
Yeah, and when you have that many animals at the shelter, it's really hard to to you know. I know you know how hard it is because we have about thirty to fifty per month, and my, our small team manages that. But you know, shelter has a capacity of like two hundred, two hundred fifty dogs per month, and it's it's just overwhelming and and super expensive too. They need to have funds for that, and I feel like animal movement is just put on the side and, and wellness of animals because there's so many issues with humans that people don't manage to get to this issue. Well, this sounds like I mean, this sounds like such a problem because obviously you want to encourage adoption for all the dogs that are in shelters and need to be adopted. But at the same time, it sounds like these breeders keep going. So then there's like those dogs, if even the, the new ones that are bred, if they don't get picked up by a family, they're going to end up in the shelter as well, right? So it's just this endless supply of dogs that can't Correct. get families. That's why they call it a puppy mill, right? So they're just, they're continually breeding these animals and, and they'll do horrible things. It, it's like the the dog that I first got from my stand with my pack, she was thrown out in the Palmdale desert with her parents with a whole litter. There was 11 puppies. What do you mean thrown out? Like she's, where'd they find her? In the desert. Like somebody stopped a car, put all the animals outside and left. It, to me, it seems like the problem is the people. Well, yeah, it's always mm-hmm. the fucking people. But the it, pe- yeah. Who is leaving a, a litter of puppies in the desert? Like what kind of person does that? Have you ever met the person that that does these kinds of things or have you guys never gotten a chance to meet them no not a chance i, I uh, like <laughs> you mean the opportunity the, uh, <laughs> yeah the opportunity to take them out to the desert yeah exactly i do Let's play see a game yeah. <laughs> run i do see people when they come to the shelters i remember one particular case that i'm never going to be able to forget when um person brought a dog that was literally dying he was skin and bones and, you know, they just brought him to the shelter, which is, again, better than leaving the dog in the desert to die, you know, without any help. So this is at least they had some decency to say, OK, this is really bad, but, you know, this is OK, leaving it at the shelter. Was that Felix? Grandpa Felix? Uh, yeah. And he, he My passed. mom and dad got Grandpa Felix. Is that the no, same no, one? No, no, no. I'm not. One. No, okay, this is another this is another dog that passed mm. uh, that same day that we got him out. We took him to the emergency hospital and ridden with cancer and it's probably going on for like many, many years. It's just that, that what I don't understand is how do people let come to that point? How can you look at the dog literally dying in front of you and not do anything about it? And I absolutely understand people don't have money it, there's it's hard situation and they just cannot afford maybe medical but there are solutions i mean if somebody calls us and tells my dog is dying you know can you help i'd help them so there there are people that are want to make the change and so i encourage people to seek the chance to seek the 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 help because there is out there it's just like takes a little bit of work and take some time to get to find the right information. So what if you say you, you're you living on a street, you have a neighbor and you can tell that a dog's being abused. First of all, what are the signs that they're being abused? And second of all, what do they do? Do they call 911? Do they call you guys? Is there, is there a hotline to call? Yeah, they can call their local shelter. Uh, they can also call, I guess, the police in like a non-emergency line and report if there is an abuse happening. But the shelter will will react and they will send their officers to uh, the house. The problem is 
they cannot enter the house and there's very little they can actually do. So what they can see from outside is all that is allowed to them. And most of the times they cannot see even a dog in, in front of them. So there is a disconnect. Disconnect, yeah. What, ki- what kind of things are you guys seeing on a daily or weekly basis that will maybe inspire people to go to their shelters, to donate, to rescue an animal? Like, how bad is it? What is the real dark side? Like, I think sometimes I told you guys offline, you will text me a dog and it's it's honestly hard to look at because it's so sad. Like, what are some of these cases that you're seeing? Well, Alex, by accident, sent me a video of this little puppy who couldn't get up at the shelter and was screaming, crying. Their rear leg was injured. And of course, Alex rescued her after she brought her to the emergency vet, everything. It, they they deemed it that basically the dog had been taken. And this is a two and a half pound dog, two and a half, maybe three pound dog thrown against the wall. So it had brain swelling, back swelling, disc swelling. Of course, I stand with my pack, covered all of the veterinarian bills, took care of everything. And just also for perspective of the cost of what it is for what the rescue does, we don't say no, typically, unless we are like at our max. We're spending so much money on medical dogs, which is fine, but we have to fundraise that. We're not getting someone just to, you know, we're not getting a government check or like, hey, we're going to help you out here. We don't, we don't have any of those resources. So we have to fundraise all of our own you know, for what we're doing here. And so anyhow, because of the treatment, totally fine. And that's when I was just showing you Big Wilma. And I adopted her because I was worried. The only adopters that wanted her were out of state. And I didn't want her to leave the state because I wanted to be able to make sure if anything was wrong with Big Wilma, that we could get the care. And so, and she is just, she's great. Like she is my home security. She works with me. She's security there. Are there so many stories like this that oh, you've yeah. heard where just the dog has been rehabilitated? Can you guys talk about that? Things have been bloaty. Let me tell you, I do a lot of different things to combat bloat and puffiness. I feel like I am a puffiness practitioner. I ice roll. Lately, I go in a freezing cold cold plunge, which I'm obsessed with and we have to talk about later. And I do tons of facial manipulation, but I also use an herbal supplement and that is Array. So they have these bloat capsules, okay? They can be taken anytime. I like to take them after I eat something heavy. So if I have pasta or pizza, I definitely will take two or three of them. Basically, it's like this blend of herbs. There's five herbs in it. And it's a fruit-based digestive enzyme. It's completely laxative-free, so it's not going to make you like shit yourself. You're not going to be running to the bathroom, okay? You're just going to feel a lot less bloated. So I always feel bloated whenever I eat anything with salt or that's heavy, and I think that this helps so much. I'm very much into this specific supplement because of the ingredients. It's ginger root, slippery elm, peppermint, lemon balm, dandelion root, and bromelain. And it's so funny, and I don't think I'm saying bromelain right, but that's okay. Bromelain's derived from the stem and the fruit of a pineapple. And Dr. Barrett, when I got my boobs done, told me to take this like no other for inflammation. So all of these things are going to target bloat and inflammation. Highly recommend Array. They barely do discounts and they're giving you one. Go to Array.com. That's A-R-R-A-E.com and use code SKINNY at checkout for 10% off of one-time purchases or 25% off first month on subscription. So you can pick which one you want to do. I'm on subscription. 
And I'm telling you this in the ice roller and you're good to go. Every day we have a different case. We rescue at least one medical dog. Sometimes, most of the time we rescue parvo dogs because nobody wants to really come in due to cost and due to it's not predictable whether dog will pass or not. So nobody wants to go through that because it, it really is hurting us. And and people often ask me, how can you do that? Like, how can you go to the shelter and how can you like expose yourself? You must be really strong. It's not that I'm strong. I'm same as, as anybody else. I just, when you have a fear and you just face it, that's how I facing, I'm facing this. It's, it's not that I'm not suffering during, you know, in the nighttime and, and not crying over some dogs and, and not getting truly hurt. But it's just that I know that there's not a lot of people that would actually face that and, and will, you know, and even though I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody else, I'm just saying that I'm capable of doing that. So that's why I feel like that was the, the call because I can actually do it and a lot of people cannot. As far as the, the, the cases goes, I mean, every day, like parvo dogs, distemper, there's a lot of, there's outbreak of distemper. I don't know if you know that. That's a very, very vicious disease that also attacks mostly little puppies that are not vaccinated. It can be anywhere. It can be on grass, you know, area, wherever people take a dog, dog that is not vaccinated, it can catch it pretty uh, quickly, and it's much more deadly even than parvo. It's and like, a lot you get it from a, a, a. I remember when I was like in high school, I went and adopted a little, not adopted, excuse me, bought a three hundred dollar puppy, not knowing anything about anything. And I remember I brought the little puppy home, and I was feeding her and everything, and then two days later, she died. Wow! And it was it was just it was something with the breeder sol- selling me. Like he had a litter of puppies with distemper. Mm-hmm. So if, if you if you are going to go to a breeder, how do you make sure that I, I, I like or what do you do, I guess, if the puppy has distemper? Because it happened to me in two days. Absolutely. Well, the probability of a puppy surviving with distemper is very low. So why so, why would a breeder sell puppies with distemper to make quick money? Like what is? The- yeah, they're not honest people. They're they're and, and they're not treating these animals properly. I mean, they see them solely as a profit, and they don't care about your feelings and how you're going to feel about when you do lose that puppy. They don't care about all of that. They don't even care about the, the puppy's life or what's going to happen to to the puppy. So all they care about is, and they will not do anything in, in uh, to. They're, they will not help you with anything. They are not even going to take the dog back if the dog is sick. So a lot of, I see all these like um, Craigslist uh, puppies. Oh, yeah. Or Craigslist. Market or yes. Amazon. Not, I'm sorry, not Amazon. Facebook Marketplace. My husband's been showing me all these dogs for sale because I don't tell him anything that happens behind the scenes because he would, he's, he doesn't handle that stuff well. Well, most people don't, but it's, he's, he loves dogs. And so, he was showing me all of, I mean, people just list them and they'll say like $1 and they'll have a puppy with dog food and it's the puppies that are for sale. And For a dollar? Well, they do that so that you'll click. It's like oh, clickbait. Then, then they negotiate. Yeah, yeah, and then you negotiate this dog that is supposedly purebred and all of these things. And I know people that thought they were going through reputable breeders and they got the dog home. Same thing as you, Lauren, distemper. And the whole litter had distemper. And it's also about education. So Alex is such a proponent for educating people about what dogs need and what you need to do as 
a dog owner and providing the resources to do so. So if you adopt a dog for my stand with my pack, it's not like, great, thank you so much. Send us a picture, tag us. We literally want to stay in contact with you and you can go for free training. We have trainers that we pay that will do it. Because that's the thing that a lot of people give up on, right? They Correct. Get a, they get a dog and it's peeing in the house or it's barking or yeah. it's not, you know, maybe it's misbehaving and they're like, I can't handle this. And so I'm going to get rid of the dog. And oh, it, yeah. yeah. She gets phone calls that people are saying, you know, the dog is barking. Yeah. It, I think, it's. I mean, like it, she does better at that. I do better at the business management argument type of situation, bringing those escalations down. But she, the phone call she gets, I don't know how... She can do it. Yeah, I think this is a, a, a broader conversation or a deeper conversation that more people should hear. It's the same thing. Like, you know, you, you take on the responsibility of being a new parent. Like that comes with all the things of being a new parent. You take the responsibility of being a, par- a parent to a dog. I'm going to remind you of this when the dog pees in the house next time. Oh, no. I mean, like I tell Lauren, like the, you just got a new puppy. You know, people know that. And, it, and it's hard. It's not easy. But I tell Lauren all the time, like I will not become part of a statistic that doesn't take care of the dog. Right? Well, like, obviously. I'm, sure. But, but <laughs> I would I, kick you the fuck out. Well, of course. But I think a lot of people like they're like, oh, my God, I'm so busy. My job, my life, my kids. It's hard. So, well, the, you know, you should have thought about that in the first place. Right? Yeah. No, people return dogs all the time as if it's like you went and bought a purse and it, it didn't actually go with the outfit. It shouldn't be a challenge at all. It should uh, just be this it, easy thing. Yeah. And it's just, you know, and it's like a baby, you know, like you have a baby, they hand it to you. There's no directions. You definitely can't return it. You know, you don't know what you're going to get when it comes. Okay. So but if- I always think about like, people are so arrogant. And it's like, you're, they think that their life is so important and so interesting that it can't be interrupted by either, you know, the burden of maybe childcare or dog care. Correct. And I, I think it's like such an arrogant stance to take as a human, right? It's like your life's not that interesting that it can't be interrupted. Correct. Right? Correct. When, when they do rescue a dog who's been abused or neglected, how do you gain the dog's trust? What's the most strategic way to go about it? So we have a full team of like people that are helping us, behavioralists and trainers. Not a lot of them because we don't, we, we, pick who we want to work with because we have a certain way we work with animals. So it takes a long time. So if the if animal is abused, you have to go through a lot of rehabilitation. And it's just like a human. They're, they feel they have, you know, and they have memory too. So it's, it's really hard to undo when somebody does something bad to them. But it can be done with a lot of love, with a lot of trust, with confidence. I feel like more than even education and more than even experience, the confidence is necessary for people to, when they come into a story of having a dog. We also offer a lot of help. When we adopt a dog, we, like Katie mentioned, we stay in touch with those people. We make sure that dog is trained to a certain degree to make it easier because we understand that it's hard to potty train a dog. We understand that it's hard to, you know, it's hard in general. It's just the way it is. But just because it's hard, it doesn't mean that it's not unmanageable and that it's not wonderful because I feel dogs teach us a certain lesson in life, just like children teach us a huge lessons. I feel that they came come into our lives and they, they we grew. And every growing is painful. So is this one. And we teach them how to live in our world. And they teach us in return the unconditional love and protection, loyalty. I feel it's just amazing that two different species can coexist in such harmony, love, and 
it's just wonderful. I feel this. Well, we this evolved is, with them, right? Like yeah. They were there to protect and alert the camp for forever. It's not just dogs, though. And it's not just cats. No. What are you guys seeing that you're having to rescue lately that's been surprising? Like, are we rescuing pigs over here? We do. We <laughs> rescue pigs. Okay. We love pigs. Yeah. Pigs are super smart. Yeah. And you can teach them almost anything. They're, can a they're pig so- sleep in bed with you? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Pigs are. I want a pig. I do too. <laughs> pigs are really smart. G- get the fuck out of my bed. I want a pig. <laughs> been, so what, what other animals are you rescuing that are kind of like maybe like off the cuff we wouldn't think? Bunnies. Well, bunnies. Okay. Yeah. We helped a lot of uh, horses in the beginning, especially in Florida and Puerto Rico. And we will rescue any animal if we have means to rescue that animal and if we have a plan for that animal, of course. So there's Tell them about Bali, about what Jazz is doing. Oh, yes. Yeah. We do have, uh, we're um, opening an <laughs> office in Bali, actually. And we, I started like six years ago, I got involved with elephants in Sumatra in a project over there to actually collar a couple of matriarchs from a different wild herds because they, again, have a really serious issue over there with between uh, human elef- uh, human and, and animal conflict. And um, it's unfortunate because of all these fields for, what is that oil? It's on my mind, but uh, it's a really horrible oil. Is it palm oil? Palm oil. Palm oil. Thank palm you oil, so yeah. much. Yeah. It was on my mind and just couldn't <laughs> pronounce it. Due to plantations for palm oil, they're cutting off the, the wild um, elephant's environment basically where they live and they are very you know they have this migration path that they remember through their dna basically they know their ancestors were doing that so now you have fields with you know this palm oil and you know what are they going to do they They go through it exactly and so that's why they they poison them smear them they electrocute them so it's it's pretty sad and they're um, actually instincting there's not a lot of them so that was elephant is kind of an animal that I really, really um, am drawn to. So we got involved with uh, that project. We have somebody, Jazz. Uh, Jazz is one of our people from the team, and she works, and she's actually located in Bali. And uh, we're planning to help also um, animals over there, uh, especially the dogs on the streets, because they have so many homeless dogs. However, people are kind to them. And they give them food and, you know, they share what they have. But during the pandemic, they didn't, people didn't have a lot of money even for themselves. So we actually organized some rice and and, uh, other items, donations to actually help people over there as well. Because, you know, they couldn't feed their dogs on the streets because they didn't have money and food themselves. The other thing, too, is that the tourism and when it was obviously cut off during the pandemic in the beginning, or the first year of it, right? They would get that. That's how dogs would be fed. Is people would leave their leftovers, right? Like you didn't finish it, so you would just feed the dog. And like what Alex just said about the helping the humans to help the animals. That's really the mission behind I stand with my pack, because the goal here is to continually help the animals, place them in the homes, and they're truly helping the people. There's so many stories of how a dog has saved the human or helped heal the human in a different way. It's really beautiful. And we were able to do, Alex called me. It was the two dogs that were very sick on Skid Row. The owner was willing to give them up to us. We took them and then Alex said, Katie, we got to help this guy. He's a vet. I said, okay. So I called a friend. He put me in touch with a friend. 
I got that person to call Alex. Alex connected him. He got into the VA and was able to get all the paperwork done. This is a 70-year-old vet who was living on the streets because he couldn't get through the paperwork. And so we helped him help himself. And he was willing to let his dogs be cared for by us and knew that we would give them happy and healthy home. So it was like we did this whole circle. So we helped the man. We saved the dogs. Those two dogs went into two separate homes, helped those two families. And that's really the mission here is like we want to be able to partner with the communities that we're taking these animals, we're picking these animals up from and educate them and also support the communities. Anything we can do, we would love to be helpful. Tell us what you drink every single morning. Let me give you the game change. It's changed my life. Okay. And if you heard our wellness episodes, you would know that this is one of my staples. If you heard the episode with Andrew Huberman, you know that he's a big fan as well. That is Athletic Greens. This stuff has changed my life. I have more energy, more focus, more clarity. I get all my vitamins in one place. Those bad under eye circles that I talked about years ago on the show have diminished. They're gone. I don't have them anymore. And here's why. I have a really difficult time eating vegetables, as I'm sure many of you out there do as well. I look at it as a huge chore. I find it annoying. I don't like chewing all those leaves. I feel like a (laughs) brontosaurus or something. And so I love Athletic Greens. And I always talk and say that if I could only recommend one of the supplements that we recommend on this show, it would be athletic greens because it has all of the vitamins you need packed in one plus your essential greens, non-GMO, no soy, no gluten, no artificial colors or sweeteners. It's an incredible product, which is why we've had them as a partner for so long. I am a fan of this product too. If you're looking for a green powder, I like it because there's 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole foods sourced in one superfood. It also has probiotics and adaptogens. I like to do one big scoop in the morning. I actually use my coffee frother to froth it up and then I'll put ice on top of it and it's delicious. Not to mention it's an incredible resource for boosting your immune function. I don't think I've been sick in over a year and a half, especially during a time when everybody's getting sick. So definitely give them a try. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com skinny. Again, that is athleticgreens.com skinny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance today. Just throw a scoop in your water in the morning and you're good to go. We see a lot of homeless people in LA with animals. When I see them, usually the animals look well-fed and taken care of. Do you see that a lot? And is there a way that you can engage the homeless to actually help the dogs? Well, first of all, we want everybody to have a home, right? So being on the street is hard for a homeless person and it's hard for a dog. Right. However, it's very interesting that I've noticed that some homeless people are much kinder and sweeter towards their dogs and take better care of their dogs than some people that are capable of taking care of their dogs, you know. So it really doesn't matter. So I, I, this, is re- this recently happened and we had a whole discussion on our page actually because people were... There are some certain people that think that dogs should not be with homeless people. There are certain people that are supporting that, right? So I am all like, you can't blame a person. There's a lot going on right now. People lose their homes. They're good people. That doesn't mean that, you know, they're not going to take care of their animal. And in a lot of cases, that dog is everything to them. So recently we had this story where a good Samaritan found a homeless person giving eight days old puppies and he had a mom with them 
he understood that he cannot take care of mama and the puppies and they cannot survive on the cold outside and, you know, being there. The Good Samaritan took the puppies. They said, hey, can we take the mama? And the, the man said, well, she keeps me alive. She barks at night. Her bark is, you know, notifying me if there is a danger. There's a lot going on on the streets. These people are completely unprotected. There's criminals, you know, taking advantage of these people. And having a dog as your protection, I feel it's it's it makes things much easier. Now, I don't agree that anybody should be on the streets. Of course, we don't want our dogs to be on the streets. But the situation right now, it's so um, hard that, you know, well, what can new, I say? There's nuances, right? And I yeah. think that's why people like they hear, oh, homeless people will have dogs and uh, there's a huge demographic of people that will immediately their gut reaction will be like, no, that's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. But then there's stories like this. You're like, oh, in this case, this person seems to be taking care of this dog and vice versa. Maybe that is acceptable. I think this is, this is the problem with this world is you try to apply blanket solutions to nuanced problems, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. I mean, you've seen that the, especially the last two years, right? Like it, there's, there's nuances to all of these problems. They're complex. Well, Absolutely. I, I think the thing too with the homeless is my, actually my older oldest daughter got me involved in really exposing me to animal rescues, right? And rescuing animals 18 years ago. Anyhow, what she said, she would say, mom, that dog is all that person has. Because I would say the same thing. And I remember I, I called the police on someone once because I thought their dog was like mal. I mean, he had tumors. He was bleeding. It was all this stuff in a, like a drugstore, like Rite Aid or something. They came and they told me, they said, oh, no. He goes to the local vet. The vet is treating the dog. So these people usually will take care of these animals better than they take. They won't eat if their dog hasn't eaten. They give them their water before they'll drink their water. And it really is like what Alex just said, like that dog's keeping that person alive. And it is sad because you see somebody who's returning a dog because it it barks or maybe well, like it ate a seatbelt you know, or, you know, just being a dog, it's an animal. At the end of the day, these are animals and we have to train the animals. It's kind of like your kids when they hit the toddler years, you can't just let them run amok. I mean, some of them are much better behaved. I have one that was not, and she was like a wildebeest. And so <laughs> I would have to put parameters on how our day would go because I knew how she would act in public and I didn't want to, you know, she would take people hostage. So it's it's literally, she knows it. I've written papers about it with her in college and high school. She made a mother feel the way no mother should ever feel about their child. And that's the thing is like, you have to look at a dog is you're not going to get a dog. And it's not like you upgrade every five years, right? It's not like a, a car where you're going to be like, oh, the new one came out. I'm going to go get the, you know, turbo. It, it's not that. This dog, you have no idea how long the dog's going to live. Our Chihuahua lived to seventeen. It's hard. It's hard to talk to you guys because if I think about this dog, I'll cry. He's already a, crying. Um, yeah. I'll, I'm almost might cry. Yeah, yeah. you are. You're tearing oh, up. Honey, don't yeah. cry. Oh, don't cry. Don't cry. That's sad. Because no. the it's probably the closest relationship I've ever had outside of my wife. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. And it was a it was like a what like an eight pound dog. But I had it for so long. Her for so long. Yeah. He's gonna make me cry now. No, I. He's gonna make us up. cry. And yeah. you know what? It was tough in the end because. We were trying to hold on so hard, and like she was trying to, and it you was. You should have seen how this ugh. man took care of her. You would. It was the sweetest thing. The IVs. 
just doing everything for her. Mm-hmm. Well, was so I think sweet. in a way, like it, it made me a more compassionate person just towards everything, right? And it teaches you a lot of things. And this is, and it's a, it's a weird connection because you know I've met a lot of different people in my life, but like there's certain bonds that you find, and I hope that everybody can find this. That this is not a human connection, but it was probably one of the strongest bonds that I know I'll ever have for sure, for sure. He would have cheated on me <laughs> with her. I can say that if she morphed into no, yeah. that's a little, that's a little. I don't know if we were that. That's close, getting but, strange. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's a whole no, different she, type of I, issue. I have a random question that I would love to know your thoughts on. I mean, I I probably know your thoughts on this, but there are places in this world where they eat dog, which is so strange to even say. But the Yulin festival, and I don't know if that's like the main one, what like what can we do to support getting rid of that? So when I started when when I first started, I was much louder and much more fighting in a fighting mood with everything because I realized, oh my God, there's so many issues now like and I and I went into it with this like, rage. However, over the years, I came down a lot and I'm doing more like plan things because I know it's better for the animals. So when it comes to this question, particularly, I started with a huge protest for against the Yulin Festival. And of course, I'm against it. And not just, I mean, I'm not talking about eating the dog. I'm talking more about the torture before even dog, you know, because sometimes they're like cooked alive, literally. Well, and they, they beat them. Yeah, and before. they beat them for the so the meat can be more tender. tender. So alive. So it's and what it's, countries it's is this? There are certain countries that are still even places that we would not really think of. I don't want to go through all the countries because I realized at the end that you know these people are eating these dogs because they also have nothing to eat. They're starving. You know mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Just like with homelessness or, you know, these other issues, you have to take the most compassionate side towards people as well, because you always think, what would I do in that situation? Of course, I would not go to that extent, but you don't know until you are in I'm, that I'm situation. I'm going to eat my husband before I'm going to eat that, <laughs> right? No, oh, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. No, I, 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 and I'm not justifying He's this He's got a by great ass. Means. I'll eat yeah. his ass. Oh. I'll start with your ass. Taylor, pull that but it's it's a problem. It's an educational problem, and also it's a problem of a poor places that don't have other means. They don't have other meat. They let's don't say. have food. And then, yeah, they don't have food. And then also, what is the difference between eating a pig and eating a dog? You know, in my in my opinion, there is really you know they're all emotional creatures, and so if we are going to judge somebody else for doing something wrong, we have to come from ourselves and wonder what can we do better in our way to make better, in, better picture for everybody. And maybe by our example, we can show people in the most compassionate way how to deal with these issues. Because I'm sure if people would understand because these dogs, for instance, they have rabies. Like they have, they they have rabies. Sometimes people get seriously sick. This is like not just like oh, people are eating dogs. It's like they're killing themselves. I mean, in in a way, we cannot tell somebody else how to live unless we are living by that example and we are showing. Because 
how much garbage we have in our backyard, it's incredible. And that's why, you know, I, we started as like globally helping everybody. And then we realized, oh my God, there's so much problems here that like, how can we help somewhere else where we don't even understand the problem really? Because it's very complex. It's been going on for years and ages and we cannot understand it. But somebody else who maybe is on the bigger level, higher level that we are, is looking at us that way and say, oh, well, look at you, what you're doing. This is wrong. So it's it's a very touchy subject because I honestly believe that un until you clean up your yard and you show by your example and lead by example, you, you don't have much space to tell other people how to live. Sometimes you need a little help down there. You need to neutralize some odor. <laughs> and that is why I like PhD Feminine Health. They have this little spray that I have not shut the fuck up about. It's a cucumber scented spray. It's holistic and it's a deodorant spray for down there. It freshens you up. It has a light cucumber smell. It smells really good. And the bottle is super inconspicuous. So it's not some bottle that says vagina spray on it. You know what I mean? It's super mellow. It says holistic feminine deodorant spray. That is the product that I would recommend from them personally. They have all different kinds of products for feminine health. They basically reinvented the holistic feminine care and wellness space. And they're all about making women feel confident and comfortable. You should also know they have a boric acid suppository and it's the number one best-selling holistic affordable doctor recommended solution for vagina odor. So if you go on there, you don't necessarily have to get the spray. They have a foam wash. They have all different kinds of things. They have a moisturizing suppository. They're just about taking care of your vagina in a holistic way, which I think is great. And let's celebrate the vagina like forget the penis. Let's just celebrate the vagina. They offer trustworthy feminine care products that actually work. Any feminine issue, go to their site. It's a number one doctor recommended brand and they have a code for you. PhD believes that vaginal care is crucial to your overall well-being. Register now at phdfeminineheath.com slash win to receive a free summer gift basket. This contains lifestyle products. It's a retail value of over $100 plus a $500 Visa gift card. You are going to go to phdfeminineheath.com slash win. Also 20% off on all their products right now. Use code skinny. That's phdfeminineheath.com slash win. It's interesting what you just said, how you said you started out really angry, like mm -hmm. you were angry at first and you like used all of that energy to be angry. And it sounds like now you've transferred the energy to just, like you said, focus on what's in front of you and be compassionate. That's interesting. You had that transition. Mm -hmm. It is. I, I feel I'm older now, too. So it comes with time and then also experience. And then just being in a lot of these different situations you know, gets you to think in a different way. And I feel like I became more compassionate towards people, even though I thought it's going to be more other way around. Mm. But I actually have more compassion towards people because I love dogs and because I help dogs. I, I believe, I firmly believe like with, with all cases and everything, like I think I can make this blanket like that anger and fear are great motivators to get you attached to a cause or to get you going on something. But then you have to use your head and you have to use logic and reason and rationale to solve that problem. Because if you just use anger and fear and you see this across every issue and that's what you're leading with, it makes it very difficult to solve complex problems, right? Because you can't think clearly. I absolutely agree with you. Well, I want to know how you guys separate at the end of the night. 
it's almost it reminds me of a doctor or a nurse. Like the doctor's performing heart surgery and the person, the patient dies and they have to go home to their kids. How you have four children. You have kids? I have a one ki- one kid. So, I only have I only have two at no. home. Two are but almost you have four in total. Fully. Yeah, I do. I mean, that's a lot of kids. Yeah, it you is. Have, uh, you have four dogs right now and you're adopting Correct. one today. Yes. So you've got a lot at home. Mm-hmm. How do you both come home after all of the devastation you've seen and shut it off? Well, usually we end up texting each other at the end because I'm in Northern California. And so she's texting me all these updates and everything. And we'll have a call or a conversation. And it's pretty horrific, the stuff that we go over. And then it's kind of like we tell each other that we love each other. And we're going to do it again tomorrow. We're going to try again tomorrow. Like that's that's the goal, right? And it's always, and, and to piggyback on what Alex said about having the compassion for people, the way we really have to look at this problem is we have to meet people where they are. So you may have people who are the backyard breeders and they want our help or, you know, or you're abusing, you're completely neglecting and abusing this dog. And then you're calling us and blaming us for it. Okay, great. So let's come to the solution. Like, how can we work together? Because the ultimate thing at the end of the day, all I really care about is the dog. Is the dog safe? Is the dog happy? Is this going to be the right place? If not, you know, Alex is more than happy to drive over there and, you know, retrieve an animal from someone, which we we don't have to do often. But it's the, the thing is, is if we can just constantly, I have to constantly remind myself that we're meeting people where they are, because like with her, like how she said, you come out guns a blazing. It's like a mom. You're, you know, it's that mom, mama bear in you where you're, you're seeing an, a little defenseless animal who cannot talk and someone is harming it. I mean, it's just in, you know, it's like in the other thing is, is you don't want to get numb to it, right? Like you don't want to become the doctor that has no bedside manner or the rescue that has no bedside manner because then that can go askew as well. So we really stay in the emotions of, Katie, I'm crying. And then I'm saying, well, now I'm crying because now I know what, you know, that type of thing. And we kind of go back and forth with each other. And I try to give Alex as much support as possible because she carries the heaviest load out of anyone. And she really sees it all. And I mean, I'll get bits and pieces and she'll say like, hey, can you do this, this and this? And so, you know, I'll stop what I'm doing and, you know, shoot out messages to people and smoke signals and that type of thing. But it's, you know, it's, it's such a group effort. And that's the other thing that I think at the end of the day, you know that there's people that are willing to help because they sign up to be fosters. And then they, we just had one that the, somebody was visiting a foster of ours and ended up adopting one of the fosters because he knew that that was his next dog and is now living in the UK, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's hilarious. I bet like, you guys have yeah. seen some incredible stories. Mm-hmm. Before we get into how our audience can help and support what you guys are doing, I have to tell Michael, do you know the way that I was introduced to I Stand With My Pack? Yeah, I do. Who? Well, I don't know if I want to say on air. No, you can, we can, our friend Lucy yeah. has two daughters, Brianne and Nicole, and Nicole worked for you guys. And Lucy was a foster for many dogs. And Lucy was someone who helped us with Pixie. Oh, she's an angel. Our she's dog same, that, pa- that, that passed, passed away. Mm-hmm. I have to, I had to call her out because she's the best. And she helped. Yeah, I just with- don't want to put anybody on blast. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's how. That's how we were connected. I don't know. I, I okay. do know that. We, uh, I know how we got connected. And yeah. I wanted to say Nicole is amazing. Yeah, she's we have to just, shout them out. They're incredible. She is 
has heart of gold and she has helped i stand on my back a lot all of those women do they they do all all of the people do absolutely and there is a, a huge community out there like like this good samaritan that actually found these puppies that i was talking about yesterday she does this all the time she brings home dogs and then she calls the rescues and like hey can you help me with this and she even she doesn't have a lot of money but she whatever she has she invests in their well-being and she bottle fed these puppies so it's you know there's a lot of people out there like that we cannot do this alone i could definitely not do this alone and we had that's why we have a team of extraordinary women mostly and also to go back to this, when you go back to your home, you have to have a support in your home mm-hmm. because I feel like our families are already know that what we're doing is a lot and it's very important to get uh, support at home. You know, we get damaged too, in a way. There is that anger and, and it still exists. I still get angry. It's just that I'm processing it now in a different way. So you have to have a community. You have to have a really good people. And even what you guys are doing right now and, and, and spreading this awareness and showing people that what is happening and how can they help, it means a lot. It's all, it's all in you know, having the, the support. Well, I choose to think that the people that listen to this show are compassionate, helpful good-hearted people and if they're not they should stop listening to the no show we have the help. best community we do have the best community like there's every single time i post any dog everyone who's listening is so supportive i've they'll dm me they'll message me i'll tell them to share they share it's a great community and just doing that that alone the sharing so if you post something and your followers share it that is such a ripple effect we we just looked at financials and last month we came up short because there wasn't a lot of posting and sharing because it was kind of like we got a post it was yeah it was like you know we were putting out a lot of fire so there was a different type of energy at the rescue and alex you know looked through everything she goes okay we got to get everyone to start sharing again because that's where we got we got such a huge amount of money watching well yeah and and that's the thing and and truly like i'll post it i have like no followers right like i have like 400 followers or I don't even know but anyways I'm just I always tell my kids I'm an influencer I always tell people if you just donate one dollar a dollar makes a difference because when you add it all up like last month I think we spent sixty thousand dollars on medical dogs how about everyone listening right now goes and donates a dollar yeah well, but even even listen how I, can they really quick how can they just go to, if they can Venmo you a dollar yeah it's I I stand, stand with, with my, my pack, pack. yeah, yeah. But Literally, all you have to do is go to Venmo and donate one dollar. If everyone listening can go donate a dollar, that would make such a huge difference. Well, and huge. here's the other thing. I think, like you know, not being presumptuous on people's. I mean, a dollar sounds like very reasonable. Like especially if you're listening on an iPhone or a computer, you have to have a dollar. Taylor, but, you better be on Venmo right but, now, donating. But a even dollar. at a minimum of that, like you said, sharing. I mean, listen, people that are listening to this show, it's very easy with all the social platforms we have to even just share this episode or share. I stand with my packs links or Venmo. And just like I said, you never know who's watching. Sometimes. And this is not to like brag or anything. Sometimes I will see something that somebody is sharing on a charity that I wouldn't have known about and I'll donate anonymously. And it's like, I, I think not to paint myself so great, but you just never know who's watching at what financial means. You might see somebody, somebody might be watching that has a ton of financial means and is feeling very generous that day. And that one share, even if you can't donate, may make a huge difference. I also find too, 
that when I share, and this is an effective way to share, in my opinion, is to share the story behind the dog. So Katie, when you text me like a, a certain dog and you say their name and you say what they went through and to share the, the background behind it helps. And how you can do that, you guys, is you can just go to their Instagram and you can go through all of the puppies and the cats and everything that you guys have on your feed. And you literally just press share to your story. And you guys give context of the name and the story in the caption. And so people can click on that and, and find a, a puppy or a dog or a pig. Or yeah, I mean, there's there's so, yeah, there's just so many. And we have so many different things that are happening. I mean, some days it's, I don't even know how Alex is like still standing at the end of the day because it's been so many animals will come in that day. And then she has to get bottle feeders. She has to get a medical foster. This one has to have emergency surgery. She has to talk to the surgeon to make sure because it's, Alex, the one thing about Alex is with her A-type personality, which is so important in the work that I Stand With My Pack does, and I believe why I Stand With My Pack is very successful in the sense of working with the community and we have not lowered our standards of what we do for the dog, for the animals, right, is that Alex has everything. She understands it all. She will talk to the vet. She'll talk to the surgeon. She'll talk to the orthopedic you know, that type of thing. She'll talk to the foster. If the foster can't do it, she goes, forget it. You know, like, let's, we've got to find somebody else. And and it's just, and it's nothing that's like no harm, no foul. Like we're not, there's not a judgment. There's nothing. We just need to find the right thing for this animal to get this animal well so it can go to the next phase. If you follow me on TikTok, I've been talking a lot about hair. There's a couple different things I'm doing. They're super easy and accessible. And I'm just going to tell you my little tips that have really worked. The first one is scalp massage. But the deal is when you massage your scalp, I've realized you need a good scalp serum, which we'll get to. I also like to zone in on my supplements. And then I'm a big fan of microneedling. But the deal is the scalp massage is key because one, it's free. And then if you can find a good serum, you're in business. The one that I've been using is called Divi, and it is one of the leading scalp health brands. The founder story is incredible. Go read about it. And basically, it's this lightweight serum. I put it on a scalp massager brush, and what it does is it detoxes buildup. It also supports thicker hair. But most importantly, it encourages scalp health. And scalp health is not talked about enough because your hair grows from the scalp. You can take care of your hair all day long. But if you're not taking care of your scalp, the foundation, your hair is not going to grow as long and as thick as you want it to. I have realized it all starts at the scalp. So massage the scalp, whether it's with your hands or a scalp brush that you can buy off Amazon. Try this lightweight scalp serum. I'm telling you, it's infused with a powerful blend of amino acids and peptides. I think when everyone starts to take good care of their scalp, they'll realize the hair benefits because it starts at the scalp. You are going to use code SKINNY at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Grab some Divi. Use code SKINNY at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Visit DiviOfficial.com for more info. That's D-I-V-I official.com for more info. Code SKINNY. One animal that has been with you guys for a long time that really needs help. Is there someone, an animal we can shout out that needs a special type of home? We have two, actually three. One is a, a bonded pair. They've been with us for a while and uh, their name is Red and Scout. And we just posted them recently and they're up on our um, web page. So you can lead, they're, they're amazing dogs. It's just that they're a little bit older, but they're still super active. So people that want all their dogs, 
and chill dogs don't like their activity and people that want younger dogs wanted somebody younger. So, but they're amazing. They're so lovable and amazing dogs. And then they've been with us for a year and a few months now. And there is one more dog, Eddie, who is a gray pit bull. And he has zero inquiries, like zero. Nobody ever. Zero inquiries. Someone needs to inquire Eddie. Yes. If you're single and you're in your apartment and you want some big, delicious pit bull man let to me, sleep with you. <laughs> let me ask you guys this. We have listeners across, obviously, the country, maybe even the world. Is, is this limited to the state they live in in some of these? Or it could be no, nationwide? No, not at all. No, we just had a dog, uh, what Katie mentioned, that went to London. Most of our adoptions happen in, in the area. However, we can adopt anywhere in um, the country or out of the country. There were people that came from Canada. However, they have to go through the same process as everybody else, which yep. means that they have to come here, meet the dog. We are not going to ship the dog anywhere. We want the relationship and connection to happen and the person to be certain that this is their dog. And then once we're certain about that, they can bring their dog home. And that's how we're doing that. And also we are going through the training and session, you know, so everything is here. We're based here. So they have to come to us. And people do. I have, we had people that uh, drove from Canada here and back because they wanted that particular dog. And it was not an easy dog. It was pretty, uh, messed up dog and they wanted that dog and it was such a blessing because you know they worked with a dog later on and and it was it was the right home yeah so listen people maybe go to disneyland and come grab a dog right yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that's what Get i do is i drive i always tell my husband i'm going to be driving down to la and the only reason why i drive to la is to pick up a dog and he says are you asking me or telling me i said well i'm inviting you you can either come or i'll be back in a couple days but i'll see you and then he'll say okay who's coming we're always then, <laughs> telling our husbands. Just we're always telling. Yeah. Uh, we're always telling them what we're doing. We're never asking. No, no, and that's exactly. <laughs> Sorry, right. I don't I ask. ask no. asking is no. not my style. Well, no, what it is is what I told my husband when we got married was he can say when he's asked something. Let me check with my wife, and I'll get back to you. And then I say, my husband would love to do that for you. Yeah, I always commit him. I love. A, I love a commitment when he's not there. That's my favorite thing yeah. to do. If you want to adopt a dog or you know someone who is looking to adopt a dog, go to at I stand with my pack on Instagram and check out all their dogs. Please go follow them, you guys. It's really important to, to Michael and I on Instagram. And definitely donate. It's so easy to donate. You literally just go to Venmo. And and Amazon. Uh, smile.amazon. You just put the smile before Amazon. It goes to your same account. You can fill your card up and we'll get, they give us, I think it's Five percent. Oh, can you no. see oh, That's yeah. cool. But you can select your like your yeah, charity. You, yeah, you select your charity. So you have to I show bought, us how to do that. No, before. I know how to do it. Yeah. I know okay. how to do it. Yeah, but yeah. it has to. You have to put Smile oh, before Amazon, or Bezos doesn't let go of the money. That's a big thing, and that is since we've been really pushing that one. That has picked up. Wait, how, Smile before Amazon, though, how is that it, linked to I Stand With My Pack, though? How uh, do, no, you have to pick, pick your charity. charity. You There's pick the a, charity. We're, we're a, a charity on Amazon, and then you it gives you an option, pick your favorite charity, gonna, and then you can pick I mean, you I can even do oh, yeah, what I do also for my kids, not anymore because they're older, but my boys, they're twins, and for their birthday parties, I would send out the Evites and link I Stand With My Pack so they could make a donation. We didn't want any tangible gifts. So they could just get, because typically any kid nowadays, well, at least I, I feel very blessed. My kids have whatever they need. And I just feel like I'm buying another piece of junk that's going to end up somewhere. 
So they do, I stay with my pack and people bring like a little, you know, stuffed dog or something to them and with their receipt that they made a donation on their behalf, that type of thing. That's such a so, cute way for mm-hmm. for your, so for your child people, to get involved in charity. I'm going to tell people how to do this. Mm-hmm. If you go to smile.amazon.com and then you go to your accounts and it does accounts and list, you go under your list, it says Amazon Smile Charity List. And then you click that. And when you click that, you can actually go, it'll pull up all the charities. And I'm assuming you can click pets and animals or search. And that's where it's going to, that's where you'll find your charity. Yes. Correct. Correct. Okay. We are doing all of our shopping under that now. It's change our lists right now. You guys, if everyone listening, like I said, 50 cents, a dollar, $2, anything to at I stand with my pack. This charity is really, really special to Michael and I. It's one of those things that we will continue to support. This is not like some one-off episode. I want to continue to do things with you guys. We have something coming up that I'm going to tease a little bit. We're actually doing a little collaboration, and it's going to support the animals. And it's really cute and pink and girly, and it's something your animals will love. They'll look very bougie. I'm waiting. I can't wait. It's very Big cute. Wilma's going to be... Oh. It's so it's so cute. I'm going to put one on Michael and walk him around with it. Okay, where can everyone find you? Pimp yourselves out. You both are incredible what you're doing for animals. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for having us and, and spreading awareness like this. This means so much to us. So everybody can go on our webpage. It's istandwithmypack.org or iswmp.org as well, if that's easier. You can go to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram is where we mostly post. There are all these buttons over there, donate button, email button. If you need any questions, uh, you can DM us as well. But that's, it's going to be, take some time to respond to DMs though. But you have our emails and you can donate Venmo. I stand with my pack. PayPal is. Last question because people are mm-hmm. going to go ahead with PayPal. PayPal is info at iswmp.org. Okay. And uh, Zelle is the same. Okay. Info at iswmp.org. All donations are tax deductible. Come support us. Last question. 100% of the proceeds go to helping absolutely well i mean uh, everything goes to helping of course we have some um office uh you know things that I we think need there's to, like, three or four employees three employees but yeah. the, three the employees, employees are helping so everything yeah. goes oh, everything to, goes yeah. to animals okay. everything i have so, to ask because i know that's no, gonna no, so, no, no, that's uh, a huge and thing, also yeah. when we when we post an animal on our when when we the animal needs us a, a high medical care or and and you know extensive treatments and such we post that animal on our social media asking for help. And those proceeds that go to that certain animal are going towards that animal 100%. So whoever donates for whichever dog you see on our social media, that money goes to that dog. And we often get uh, questions like somebody wants to donate for a certain dog and they want to make sure that that money will go there. It will for sure because our expenses are huge and we often don't even get to fund. uh, I mean, we don't get funds for like $10,000, sometimes surgery. We raise $5,000 and then we just try to get whatever we can somewhere else. But all the money from social media that is it's going for a certain dog when when you put in a you know in a line that you want that money to go to that dog particularly 
Love it. You guys yeah. are both amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you guys. They did a blog post on my blog, and you guys have to come back on. We will. Thank, Thank you so, so much, much for having us. Thank, Thank you. Do you want to win a copy of Get the Fuck Out of the Sun? All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode with I Stand With My Pack. Make sure you're following them. Support them. They're an incredible organization. And we will drop into one of your inboxes and you will win a signed copy of my book that's available on Amazon. Hope you guys love this episode. And like I said, don't forget to follow I Stand With My Pack on Instagram. See you next time. Have you checked out pink balls? The Skinny Confidential has balls and these are balls that you want on your face. These balls are going to tighten, tone, and sculpt your face. They work in tandem with the ice roller. So what I like to do is I like to wake up. I like to use my ice roller. And then maybe like a couple minutes later, I'll do a little oil. We have like a depuffing oil, but I any oil works. You could do any oil. And then you're going to use your pink balls. And they're going to lift your cheekbones, your jawline. They chisel everything. So you've got the ice to help with inflammation and the pink balls to sculpt and chisel. I'm telling you together, your face has never looked tighter. Everyone keeps texting me about these balls, all my friends, and they're like, I cannot believe the grip that they have on my face. These balls really grip, grip, grip the face. You can find them on the website, shopskinnyconfidential.com. We have a code PINKICEQUEEN. You get 15% off. We don't do codes a lot. We usually do them for just our podcast audience. On the site, you can also expect, like I said, the ice roller, depuffing oil. We have a razor to shave your face. It's the best razor in the game. I just shaved my face yesterday and it's absolutely glowing when I put my makeup on. We also have shaving cream and then we have this little sleeping bag that's so cute. It's pink. It's for traveling and it fits your ice roller and your pink balls. And it fits your ice roller, but it also fits pink balls. So you can travel with either or both. You get two sleeping bags. Shop skinnyconfidential.com. Use code PINKICEQUEEN for 15% off.